Hey guys, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to thank you for tuning in to our sermon today. At TC, we exist to see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. TC, let's give it up for Jesus one more time across this place. Man, we're so glad you guys are here. And uh, we don't pause for just about, we don't pause for just anybody in the house. We're going to do a couple things. One, um, it's rare that we get to see an overseer here in our church. But Pastor Robert Pooley is with us right here in the front and his wife, Vicki. We want to say shout out to you guys. Thank you for being with us today. He's a dear friend to me. But uh, one of the things we've also done is over the last six months, we've onboarded some staff members. And, and in doing so, one of the things uh, that we've been aiming to accomplish is to set some things in motion as a staff uh, to be able to pastor our church even better. I, I love who we have. Pastor Dan's been doing an amazing job. Pastor Justin has been killing it for years for us. And, and we knew there was a, a particular portion of what we wanted to accomplish as a church to be able to take care of our people better. Um, and we knew that there was that kind of a gap missing. And so we looked and looked and we onboarded someone about six months ago and he's been, man, everything he's touched has been better because he's been there. And, and, uh, and so now we're getting ready to move him to the next phase. Uh, and so as we get ready to do that, I want you guys to put your hands together and let them know you love them. Uh, Rick Rodriguez, come on out, brother. <laughs> so Rick has been spectacular here at Transformation Church. He's been just absolutely killing it. And, uh, but today we're installing him officially as a pastor here at Transformation Church. And so, and so, uh, I've been letting him know every time I see him, I'm like, hey man, I trust you, I trust you, I trust you. And he's like, okay, okay, okay. Um, but he's been, he's been doing an incredible job. And so we're gonna pray over Rick uh, this morning um, as we get ready to put him in. And so we also have what we call the DLT at Transformation Church, which is our uh, directional leadership team, which is already the, the two pastors behind me. And Rick will be joining us as the fourth one on staff with us today. We have other staff members, Nate and John and Vince and, and so many others. But today um, we're, we're pulling him into the ability to, as we get ready to see God do some amazing things this year and in the years to come, we're going to need even more people and higher levels of leadership to help us accomplish what God's called us to do. And Rick's one of the ones that's going to help us do that. And, and a, he, he's amazing. His wife, Tiff, his kids, every single one of them are amazing. We're so grateful to have them here at Transformation Church. And so I want to invite you, if you will, stand to your feet all across this place. And I want to invite you to lift your hand this way. And that just means if you're new to this environment, that just means you're agreeing with us in prayer. All right. So we're going to pray over Rick. And, uh, uh, that God would just give him the courage, the wisdom, the lead, and all of those things as we get ready to see our church go to new heights, all for the glory of God. Amen. And so let's pray. Father, we thank you for Rick right now. We thank you for you, that you've brought him to us. We thank you for the journey that he's had on the way here, God, pastoring other churches, being a lead pastor, being a student pastor, being all of those things, God, that's prepared him for this moment to accomplish your will for your glory at this church. And so, God, we thank you. Lord, we pray right now that you give him courage, you give him wisdom, you give him discernment. You give him peace. You give him patience, God. But ultimately, God, you connect him to your heart in such a deep way that he helps Transformation Church know you and go deeper in who you are. God, our only desire is to see your glory, your glory go from heaven to touch earth. And so, Father, as we aim to accomplish that mission in so many ways, God, in strategies and systems, God, I pray that you help him 
keep all of us connected to your heart and connected to our people in an even better way. So we thank you for what you're doing in our church. Thank you, God, I pray that your hand would rest on him. It would rest on his marriage between him and Tiff. It would rest on his home with his kids. And ultimately, God, we would see you accomplish your will. We thank you today and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, guys, let's give it up for one more time. You guys take your seats. We're going to jump in today. Today's going to be a little bit different on Blessing Sunday. Turn your neighbor and say blessing. So we're, it's the new year. The new year is the time that we kick off all kinds of new things like uh, New Year's resolutions. Am I right? All right. And so now we all have this list of things we're never going to accomplish. It's going to be great. Right. So last year started off New Year's resolution. I'm going to lose 20 pounds. I am happy to report to every single one of you. I only have 25 to go. All right. So things are fantastic. Someone asked me the other day, they were like, hey, we're going to go eat a bologna sandwich. And I said, absolutely not. And they were like, what are you talking about, bro? And I was like, listen, God's been too good to me to eat bologna. I'm just, I'm just that's where I'm at right now. The time might change, but right now, if you can walk in the store and the bologna and ham sitting right next to it, and you're like, ah, yes, a flattened hot dog. Good for you. That's not where I'm at in my life right now. All right. So, but all that to say, New Year's resolutions are so funny because one of the things, one of the biggest reasons we don't accomplish them is because what many of us aim to do is we want to change the outcome of our behavior, but we don't want to change who we are. And the reality is that what needs, oftentimes, what needs to change in our life isn't our behavior patterns, it's who we are, not what we do. And if we could connect to the fact that, hey, you know what, maybe I need to become someone different rather than just do something different, it might actually stick. And so what I want to show you today is this idea that God, A, has a blessing set aside for his people constantly. He's always in that realm of favor. When I say blessing, I don't mean he's going to give you a yacht tomorrow if you give a TV preacher enough money. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about he has favor for your life. Where, where you put your feet, you can have, rest assured that God's going to be doing something great, right, for his glory in your life. And so as we get ready to do that, many of us have just aimed to try to accomplish things through the same way. But Albert Einstein says insanity is doing the same thing the same way, expecting different results. So my challenge to you today is, A, let's pursue the blessing of God, but what would it look like to do it? And that's what I want to show you just for the next few minutes, and we're going to end this service today praying over you and your family. So our pastors are going to come up, and we're going to, we're going to carve out the last 15 minutes of today, and we're just going to, we're literally going to take time. You're going to come down, we're going to pray for you. It's going to be great, all right? And, uh, but as we aim to do that, what does it look like? What does it look like for the blessing of God to be on something? Well, when we turn to Numbers chapter 6, we see a blessing that was prayed over Israel on a continual basis. But this is what he says. Numbers 6, 24 through 26, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. And how many of you ever needed the Lord to shine his face on you because you felt like you were kind of in a dark place by yourself? So, Lord, shine his face on you, be gracious to you. How many guys have ever needed the Lord to be gracious to you? Don't, okay, y'all got quiet then? That's the one? Turn your neighbor and say, I need grace, right? Anybody need grace more today than you needed it yesterday? And how many know you're already going to need it tomorrow? Right? I was on my way to church today. I had been thinking, all right, so look, I'm just going to let y'all into a little secret, all right? This is something I do every Sunday. I don't do it every day, but I do it every Sunday. I stop by Burger King, I get a croissant sandwich, okay? Because I believe a croissant sandwich at Burger King is a delicacy they don't deserve to sell, okay? So it's like, it's light and buttery and flaky, and I think it's above their grade. But it is what it is, they have it, 
all right? And so every Sunday morning, I look forward to stopping at Burger King, all right? Stopped at Burger King this morning, closed for New Year's. I thought to myself, how dare you? <laughs> so I needed grace on the first day of the year. All right, so anyways, uh, but be, the Lord be gracious to you. But in all seriousness, the Lord turn his face towards you because he never forgets you and give you peace. And so what would it look like for us to walk out this blessing that the Lord has for us? And so I want to give you very quickly what I believe the Lord is speaking to us that it would be to walk in the blessing of God. And it starts with, are you ready? The blessing means stillness in your spirit. The blessing means stillness in your spirit. Now notice I didn't say stillness in your life. Because how many guys know you don't get to control that? How many have ever had a boss, coworkers, employees, kids, degree, school, whatever, just going absolutely berserk on you? And all of a sudden, here's what you manage to do when there's stillness in your spirit. Are you ready? You manage to have peace in very unpeaceful situations. Chaos is going on around you, but you've got something on the inside of you that's different. And that's why I believe we need to have a stillness in our spirit because the stillness in our spirit lets us see God when all our mind wants to do is see everything else. But the reason many of us can't see God isn't because we don't have the perfect circumstances. No one has the perfect circumstances. It's because we don't have the perfect peace regardless of the circumstances. I, mean, I think the generations before us had something special because they didn't have technology around them constantly. Whenever they were able to sit still, they could actually sit still. Some of us take our phone out to scroll Instagram or Facebook at a red light because we need to be stimulated for 40 seconds. But there's a, there's a good thing to stillness, and we need a stillness in our spirit. Isaiah 26.3 says, you keep him. Who? Us. You. Turn to your neighbor and say you. You keep him in perfect, what's that word? Peace. Whose mind is constantly worried about all the things around him. Is that what it says? No, whose mind is fixed on you, talking about God. So peace comes from where we put our attention, right? Because that's how God knows we trust him. Regardless of what's going on around us, our mind is on him. And since our mind is on him, we can have peace because we trust him. And there's no person, no better person to put our trust in than the one who's already started what he's going to start. Listen to me. And he knows how it finishes too. And so we can put our confidence there. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxieties. Cast them all. Everything you're worried about, all your cares, cast them on him. Why? Because he cares for you. No one cares for you better than God does. And yet we take our problems and our struggles and our anxieties to everyone before we take them to God. Now, I know none of you are guilty of this, but I'm just talking to me for a second. Right? We're all guilty of like, man, we're trying to figure it all out. But God says, man, we should come to him first. So we need stillness in our spirit. So can I just help you out with a little thing this morning? I'm going to give you a little action step. Are you ready? Stop worrying about the things you can do nothing about. Because worry hasn't changed one of them. Right? All worry is doing, it's taking a possible future and putting it in your current reality. So listen, do something, do whatever you can do, but to sit there and worry, you're not changing anything. All you're doing is robbing yourself of peace and stillness, right? But that brings us to the next thing is that the blessing leads to movement in your faith. Say movement. 
You see, our life with God is one that should be moving. And here's where many of us have got it wrong. Are you ready? We're looking for movement in our spirit and stillness in our faith. So we're looking for things to constantly be going on in our spirit. But when God calls us to do something, we're like, nope. But here's the blessing requires movement in your faith. Here's one of the reasons why many of us don't have the blessing from God. Are you ready? We're waiting for the door to open before we start walking towards it. But did the Israelites get to see the promised land before they started going through the desert? No. In other words, we got to get moved. God, God will always call you to start moving before he gives you a destination, which is incredibly frustrating. Right? Turn to your neighbor and say, yeah. Right? Like, yeah, it's frustrating. Like, I want to know where I'm going before I get started. Anybody? So my wife is one of those people. She would love to be like, let's go on a road trip. And I'm like, to where? And she's like, the road. And I'm like, the road that goes where? She's like, just, we'll just see where we end up. We've been married for 13 years. You think that sounds fun to me? She's like, we'll just, we'll, we'll get in a city and we'll figure it out. And I'm like, no, that sounds like something you and your friends need to do with firearms. Okay. So anyway, so if you're against firearms, anyway, all right. So anyway, all right, Philippians 3, Philippians 3 says this, Paul is talking and he says, brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. In other words, what he was just referencing, he has, I haven't quite gotten there yet, but one thing I do say one thing, I'm forgetting what lies behind and I'm straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. In other words, I can't, listen, if you get stuck in the same spot because of how bad things happened in the past, you're never going to see the future that God has for you. But God's got amazing things in your future. Now, don't get me wrong. There are some seasons we go through. I'm like, God, I probably would. If I, if I were choosing my roadmap, I would have skipped that. But you know what? He's always doing something. All things work together for the good, even the bad things. They work together for the good, right? And so God's working those things out. We just have to know that. So we have stillness in our spirit. We have movement in our faith. And then the next one is the blessing. You trust facts over feelings. The blessing trusts the facts over the feelings. You see, far too many of us are stuck where we're at because Whenever we look at situations, we trust our feelings more than we trust what God said. So, so we get in a situation and we're going, man, I don't feel like, well, it's like, well, then what, did, but what did God say? Yeah, but I don't feel, yeah, but what did God say? I don't feel, but what did God say? He says, I'm the alpha and I'm the omega. I'm the beginning and I'm the end. And since he's the beginning and the end, what he started, he already knows how to finish. So if you're in the middle and you only know the beginning, you need to trust in the one that knows the end. But the problem is, why would God put me in this situation if he loved me? Well, you're asking the wrong question. The question isn't, why would he do it? The question is, what is he going to do to get you to the end? But our feelings are constantly telling us. Our feelings are constantly telling us, and you can't trust God. If God loved you, you wouldn't. If God cared about you, he wouldn't. If God was trying to help you, you wouldn't have. But the reality is, the facts say he's the alpha. He says he'll never put more on us, right? And, oh, wait, that's not what it says. He says, I'm working all things together for the good. Matter of fact, he goes out of his way to say, I will put more on you than you can bear. Listen, so that you'll trust in me in the season you can't trust in yourself. 
You see, your feelings tell you things that aren't true, but the facts say that God's got it all figured out already. He's a sovereign God. Nothing in this world moves without him ordaining it from heaven. And listen to me, you're worried about what's going to happen tomorrow. He's already figured out the next hundred years. So we need to be trusting in him. But our feelings, man, how many guys know those things will get you sideways in a heartbeat? We need to have our facts, which is God's got this. And so uh, we've got not worrying about anything. I want to take you back to the movement thing. I forgot to give you your action step on that. For movement in your faith, are you ready? Say yes to something you've been saying no to God about. Say yes to something you've been saying no to God about. God, I, I, I can't. I'm not ready. I can't. I, what, but ha, what happened last time? And listen, you know what you need to do? You need to say yes to what God's calling you to, even though you don't have it all figured out yet. And when you're dealing with your facts over your feelings, listen, you need to let your gut and your mind tell your situation how big God is rather than telling God how big your situation is. So we need to find ourselves in that place. That's why 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 5 says this. It says, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. In, in other words, anything that tries to lie to you about who God is, we tear it down. And we take every thought captive and we make it obedient to Christ. My mind is telling me this. Yeah, but Jesus says this. So we have to trust those things, right? So we go into that phase. And there's part of this I want to encourage you with is that we have to get ready to say yes to this last thing. And here it is. You ready? The blessing causes us to live like Christ. The blessing causes us to live like Christ. And as we pursue Jesus, as we aim to live like Jesus, I sat back and I said, I was, I was praying about today's <clears throat> message as we were preparing it. And, and, and I, I kind of laid out these five categories of if we were going to live like Christ, it would require us to do these things. So I just want to give them to you. All right. And the first one is this. I'm committing to loving like Christ in 2023. Loving like Jesus means unconditional love. Now, we can all nod our head, yes. Unconditional. I mean, they've done nothing to deserve my love, and I'm going to give it to them anyways. Does anyone struggle with that other than me? Okay, good. I'm not alone. The rest of you, good for you. Like, unconditional. I'm going to love people well going into this year, right? Yeah, but they did this to me. I understand. Which is why the next one is this. You ready? I'm committing to forgiving like Christ in 2023. You don't know how they hurt me. You're right, I don't. But I know Jesus said that we have to forgive even our enemies. We have to pray for those that want to use us in bad ways, despitefully use us. We, we need to pray for them. We need to forgive them. Jesus said, you got to turn the other cheek. Some of you are like, brother, I'm running out of cheeks. Some of y'all are adding up the math right now, right? <laughs> Jesus, but Jesus says, we have to forgive each other. Why? This is what he said in the Lord's Prayer. He says, if you don't forgive, you have no right to ask for forgiveness. That's tough, man. But that's what Jesus says to do. When he stood before Pilate and they hung him on the cross, Jesus, while dying for us, asked the Father to forgive 
the ones that were crucifying them because they didn't know what they were doing. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And listen to me. You've been hurt by people, but hurt people hurt people. And so here's my little action step for this because this one can be hard. Are you ready? Look at the people that hurt you, not as your enemy, but as a victim of your enemy. Somebody hurt them, and that's the reason they hurt you. And if you look at it through that lens, I'm not saying it makes it all okay. I'm just saying it'll help you take a step in that direction. But moreover, you don't have to worry about, listen, forgiveness isn't forgetting. And, and later on this year, Pastor Dan's going to do a message on forgiveness, and I hope you're all here for that one, where he talks about all the things forgiveness is not. Because forgiveness isn't forgetting. Listen, I'm not telling you you need to go to dinner with them tomorrow. I'm not telling them they got to be at your house for Thanksgiving next year. I'm saying you got to free yourself from the attachment to the pain they caused you so that you can pursue the things that God has for you. Got to forgive. Next, I'm committing to giving like Christ in 2023. Giving. Brad, when you say giving, what do you mean? I literally mean giving in whatever way that means for you. For some of you, you need to financially commit to tithing this year. Not for me, not for this church. We're doing fine without you. I don't, even, I don't know who gives what in this church. Pastor Justin will tell you, they have a team that sees that. I don't see any of that information. So I'm not here begging you for anything. God's been super good to us as a church. You need it for you because the blessings of God are hitting a, a wall like a dam in your life because you're not putting anything into the soil. Therefore, you have nothing to grow as a harvest. I want those things for you, but I'm not even just talking about your money. Some of you, you've been doing that. What you need to look at is the opportunity to give your time. JJ's running our outreach uh, team right now. She's been killing it everywhere. She, yeah, absolutely. She's, she's a rock star. We're going to have more outreach opportunities. For some of you, it's not the money thing. Some of you need to be looking for opportunities to make a difference with your life. You need to give her your time, which brings me to the next point. I'm committed to serving like Christ in 2023. Jesus said the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. What are the ways you can say yes to making a difference with your life? And say, you know what? I'm going to do something with my life that helps change. Listen, people will walk through our doors every day and you will go into places every single day. Listen to me, that the hope of Jesus inside of you will be the thing that changes the rest of their life. We need to look for those opportunities. We need to be ready to serve people, change their life, right? We minister to them, talk to them, change their life. Pastor Dan's the best at this that anyone I've ever seen. Or walking through Lowe's, picking up lumber, and he's like, I feel like the whole Lord just told me that that lady back there that was picking out two-inch nails needs to know Jesus or whatever. And so he goes to grab a box of screws and the whole aisle got saved, you know? And it's just like, <laughs> he's like, sorry, I was just, you know, just leading a family of 37 to Jesus. I'm like, yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Can we build this fence now? Anyway, so, but in all honesty, we should be looking for people like that. We really should, because that's what God wants out of our life. And here's the thing, maybe you don't do that at Lowe's all the time, but man, you never know when that waiter or that waitress or that person at the bank could use a 30-second nugget from you. Listen, you don't have to know the Greek and the Hebrew and the hermeneutical, homiletical application of the, you don't need all that crap. I do, you don't. You know what you need? To know how to tell your story in 30 seconds or less to let them know Jesus is still alive. That's all you need. Because that's what they care about. Listen, when someone's drowning, they don't want the Greek word for life raft. They just want you to throw them one. All right? So throw them one. All right? Which brings me to our last point, and we'll, we'll wrap up. But I'm committed to connecting like Christ in 2023. 
Listen, Jesus had a small group. You need one too. I'm going to say it again. Jesus had a small group. You need one too. Do you understand the audacity it takes to say, I can walk a Christian journey out in isolation when the Son of God himself, God in the flesh, didn't do it? Matter of fact, when the Trinity existed in the heavens before they created the foundation of the world, there were still three. You need people in your life. I need people in my life. I'm in four groups by myself, right? Why? Because I need people in my life. There's far too much of me left in me. Don't look at me like that. Y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. I need people around me that are like, hey, bro, that's not how we do that. Hey, that's not how we do that, right? That's why I got Nate on the golf course with me. Pastor Brad, you can't say that. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> but we need to be in relationships with people because we need to be connected with people. We need that, right? So let's go to Philippians 4. I'm going to give you this, and then we're going we're to get ready to pray. Philippians 4, 4 through 9 says it like this, right? Rejoice always. Or rejoice in the Lord always. And then he had to say it again. And again, I say rejoice. Now, why do you think Paul had to say it twice? Because we had to be reminded twice. Rejoice. And I'm going to say it again because the circumstances and your feelings and all that stuff won't make you feel like you can. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything. What does that sound like? Stillness in your spirit. Don't be anxious. Have stillness in your spirit. In every situation, with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. What does that sound like? Movement in your faith. So I'm going to sit still in my, in my spirit, but I'm going to move. I'm going to be active in my faith, right? And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. He goes on to say, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, just think about those things. What does that sound like? Choosing the facts over the feelings. Because how many guys know for every time there is something, un, like every time you have the chance to choose something noble, you have the chance to choose something that's not noble. For every time you have the chance to choose something true, you're looking in the face of what's a lie. For every chance you have to choose something that's excellent and praiseworthy, there's something negative around you too. In other words, you have to choose to see the right things even when the wrong things are in front of you. How many guys have ever posted something on Facebook or Instagram or TikTok and you got like 49 comments that were like, you go girl, heart emojis, fire, 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 fire. Like one fire wouldn't have worked. You know what I'm saying? Like we get it, all right? And you got one comment on there that's negative. How many guys know you forget them 49 quick? You're staying up at night just thinking about how can I burn this person's house down where no one knows, right? I will find you, right? Why? Because it doesn't matter how much good is going on. If there's a glimmer of bad, that's what you're going to see. And that's what Paul was talking about. Whatever is excellent and praiseworthy and true and noble and right, whatever, just put your mind, I know your mind's going to want to go over here, but put your mind there because that's where you're going to find peace. That's where you're going to feel closer to God, right? And then he goes on to say this, whatever you have learned or received, right? Whatever you've received or whatever you've heard from me, Paul says, 
whatever, all of those things. Well, what is Paul emulating? Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. In other words, when you couldn't see how to act by following Jesus, he said, follow me. Well, what is he trying to help you do? He's trying to help you live like Christ. Whatever you see in me, put it into practice, right? And the God of peace will be with you. So what are we trying to do? The blessing comes from just pursuing these things in our life. And I know for you, that's the desire of your heart. No one wants to navigate hardships our whole life. So let's pray that God would give a favor and blessing in this season. Can I get an amen on that? Let's stand to our feet today. Before we pray over our families, we're gonna take just a moment. I want you to close your eyes all across this place. Today, if some of you are here and you're going, Brad, you know what? Before I do anything else, I need, I need to be honest. I know about Jesus, but I, Jesus isn't the Lord of my life. I know enough about God to know that I need God. And I wouldn't say that I'm a Christian, but today, as I kick off this year, I want to I wanna be saved. I, I want to know Jesus. And if that's you today, the beauty of the gospel is this, that when Jesus died on the cross, he paid for your sins. That the thing that separated you from God no longer has to be there because he paid for it. And today, if you want to put your faith in Jesus, that when he died on the cross, he paid for those sins, you can be saved. That's all it takes. It's not about works. It's not about working hard and trying to do all the right things. Getting saved is about your faith in Jesus. And today, if you're ready to say yes to that, then as we close our eyes and bow our heads, I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me and the whole church will pray with you so you're not praying by yourself. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me my sins. Forgive me my wrongs. Make me clean. Make me pure. Make me whole. I believe you died for me. So I give you my life. Make me brand new. Give me a fresh start. And I'll worship you forever. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. TC, let's give it up for all those that prayed perhaps for the first time. We celebrate with you. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. If you want to connect with us on Instagram or Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. More information about our church or to contact us, feel free to go to mytc.life. Mytc.life is also where you can partner with us financially, and we would love it if you would consider doing just that, as your financial support is a key factor in helping our content channels grow. So I want to invite you to join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. I pray you have a blessed day.